Doubt old boss, justice is served. Drip, drip, drip. The dungeons were a dreary place, void of comfort or hospitality. In one corner of a cell, a dark figure sat sleeping. The Queen Felicia I of Weimar instinctively pulled her light shawl closer around herself as a gust of wind blew through the dungeon. She didn't know it, but she sat in the same cell her son had sat in just two weeks before. The Queen shivered in her sleep. Her fine linen robes were now dirt-smitten, bare feet on the wet, earthy floor. High above in the square, a bell began to toll, signaling the rising of the sun. It was customary in Dumont to toll the bell at sunrise to pray thanks to the sun god. Six times the bell rang, one for each of the light saplings of imagination. In the dungeon, the queen opened one eye, lips opening to take a deep breath. Bong! 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 finished the bellman. Felicia stood, dusting dirt from her robes. She cringed as she thought of the previous night. How had he known? She had failed miserably, and now she was going to pay the price. Her heartbeat quickened as she thought of what fate might await her. She began to pace throughout the cell, her mind racing with possibilities. Radas wouldn't kill her, would he? Surely not. Finally, she couldn't take the pressure. She grabbed the iron bars with both hands and screamed. It was a long scream, echoing throughout the silent dungeon. She stopped and listened for the sound of footsteps. Eventually they came, starting quietly in the upper levels before getting louder as a guard descended into the dungeon, his metal boots clanking on the stone stairwell. "'My queen,' spoke the guard. "'What is it?' "'Let me out,' spoke Felicia bluntly. "'I am sorry, my queen, but I cannot,' responded the guard. But your trial is to be held shortly. He looked nerv nervously around the dungeon. I suppose I could take you out a bit early if we walk slowly to the square. Yes, please, said the queen. The guard looked around once more as if expecting to see some castle authorities lurking in the shadows waiting for him to disobey orders. Quickly, he removed the iron key and began unlocking the cell door. Behind her back, she fingered a long serrated knife she had hidden in the linen of her robes. As the iron door creaked open, the guard motioned for the queen to follow him out of the cell. It was still early in the morning, the sun having just risen over the eastern line of trees. All about the square, people were gathering. Small bluebirds flitted throughout the trees, chirping and calling out to one another. Upon the great dais, King Hradas I sat on a small throne. Behind him sat the other Vimerian lords. Having taken their time, the queen and her guard reached the square just as the bells tolled the hour. Valicia's heart pounded as the guard led her towards the center of the square. The scene was all too familiar to her. The dais, her son, the executioner's block. But now she stood on the wrong side of the platform. Within her robes, her fingers gripped the hilt of her knife. It was her only consolation. The guard led her to the block before taking a step back. In front of her, on the dais, stood her son, Hradas, the sun crown upon his brow. Looking to her left, she saw the executioner standing in the shadows, awaiting the king's command. Hradas raised his hand, and the roaring crowd grew silent. His cold blue eyes surveyed the scene, golden hair ruffling slightly in the wind. Volisha Kanglil, 
rang Radas's voice throughout the square, ringing off the cracked pavement stones as an oppressive silence closed in. You are hereby accused of attempted murder of the king. How do you plead? A heavy silence followed. I haven't killed anyone, she replied, she replied sweetly. This is all a serious mistake. Have these men escort me back to the palace. She smiled with a sickeningly sweet manner, trying to appeal to Hradas' sense of empathy. Hradas only cringed. A lie, mother, he answered. You have killed someone. A young peasant boy by the name of Samuel Garbswell. Mr. Garbswell, please come forward, he said, motioning to his right. A man stepped from the shadows to the queen's left-hand side. He had dark brown hair and wore garments, uh, brown garments with a tan-colored cowhide belt wrapped around his middle. He seemed to be withstraining tears. Mr. Garbswell, spoke Hradas, take a look at this woman. This is the woman who killed your son. The man's eyes were misty, as if he couldn't hear what the king was saying, but when he turned his eyes on Felicia, they were full of a fury, a hatred beyond anything in the world. The queen looked away. She tried not to cry. She hadn't meant to kill the boy. I, I didn't mean to kill him, she pleaded. No, spoke Hradas. You meant to kill me. At this, the queen turned her head down, fearful to look her son in the eyes. Radas, she said, a forced smile on her face again. You know I would never hurt you. Please call this whole thing off. A cold wind blew through the air. Radas shivered. Let's get this over with, he thought. He sighed and motioned off to his right. The queen saw the signal. Barely a flick of the hand, almost unnoticeable to the untrained eye. But she was trained. She knew the sign well, having given, it, having given it many times herself. Instantly, her heart began to thunder. Grabbing her by the neck and shoulder, the executioner pushed her head down on the, onto the block. Any last words, mother? He asked coldly. He didn't weep. He didn't sneer. His face was void of emotion. Radas, please! She screamed, pleading with her son. Radas stared at her with cold eyes. You broke the rules, mother, and you must die. She saw him give the signal. She reacted. With lightning reflexes, she spun away from the block as the executioner brought the sword down hard. Pulling the knife from under her robe, she slammed the blade into the top of the executioner's foot. The knife plunged through the leather of his boot and deep into his flesh. He screamed, dropping the sword and falling to the ground. Diving to the ground, she leapt on top of him, stabbing the knife into his chest. Blood spurted from his mouth as she spun, turning around to face Glenly as he rushed up to restrain her. As he reached out his muscular forearm, Felicia switched the knife into a backhanded grip. The queen spun again, turning her back towards Glenly. As he reached out his right, his right arm towards her shoulder, she bent over, lunging under his arm, spinning around and slicing the knife into his wrist, several, severing tendon and bone. Glenly screamed in agony, but he did not fall as the queen had hoped. Reaching down his left hand, he began slowly drawing his sword from its scabbard. The long grating of metal as blade was drawn made a wave of fear run through her body. Valicia snarled and lunged at Glenly, knife in hand. Bending backwards, Glenly slid under the knife stroke and brought the pommel of his sword hard into the queen's stomach, sending her toppling to the ground. Rushing forward, Glenly smashed his left fist into the queen's knife hand, sending the blade skittering away on the stone tiles of the courtyard. All around the courtyard, people were gasping, unsure of what to expect. Suddenly, the queen sprang, doing a two-handed pop-up off the stone floor. Her feet slammed squarely into Glenly's chest, throwing him across the courtyard as the queen spun to face the dais. 
Instead, she found Kratos, standing directly behind her, knife in hand. Hello, mother. He spoke softly, and cleanly slit her throat.